I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Dr. Daniel LaRoche. Our top, he's an NYC, New York City top doc, and he inspires vaccine confidence in people of color to prevent deaths. As the director of glaucoma, glaucoma services and president of Advanced Eye Care of New York, Dr. Daniel LaRoche has joined the battle against vaccine hesitancy by educating his patients and others about vaccine misconceptions and emphasizing the importance of getting a COVID-19 vaccine. Studies show that Black, Hispanic, and Native American people are about four times more likely to be hospitalized and nearly three times more likely to die of COVID-19 than white people. African Americans have nearly the lowest rates of vaccination among any ethnic group. According to recent studies, about 35% of black Americans said that they don't plan to get the vaccine, citing fears about safety and concerns that the vaccinations are ineffective. Dr. LaRoche notes that many are getting misinformation and have based their decisions on not getting the vaccinations on untruths or unfounded fears, and the medical community is seeing the heartbreaking results. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, Dr. LaRoche. Well, thank you very much for having me and covering this topic, Catherine. Yeah, I think it's one of the most important topics of the day, really. We have to get vaccinated. We have to get everybody vaccinated. So uh, really excited to have you on the show to talk to us about a population that's not getting vaccinated and the misconceptions, as I said before. I don't want to repeat it, but uh, you're you're right in the midst of it, right? I mean, you're, you're in New York City. Um, you, I assume you've been there through COVID. Um, what's happening? Why can't we get everybody vaccinated? Yes, offices are in Harlem and Southeast Queens that have a very high African-American population. And um, every patient encounter that I deal with, I always ask, you know, have you been vaccinated? Have you gotten the shots? Uh, most of the elderly patients are complying because I think that they realize that, you know, they're in the high-risk category. Uh, but we're having a little bit of a harder time with some of the younger patients, uh, those like 25 to 55 range. And there's a lot of misinformation that comes around out there, like the vaccine is not safe, we don't have long-term results, um, it's not proven, um, it has fetal tissue in it, it can make you impotent, it could affect your fertility. Uh, all these things are not true in that respect. But these are the things that are being circulated around by anti-vaxxers on social media, um, by different uh, organizations with different agendas. And so we have to combat this... Um, this uh, bad information that's getting out there. So we need everybody, including government and private sector, to get the correct information out there. Uh, Dr. Torian Easterlin is doing a great job of that with the New York City Department of Health. You're seeing his ads on TV all the time, talking about getting educated and getting vaccinated, share our personal stories about how we've been vaccinated, my wife and I have been vaccinated, my kids have been vaccinated, uh, to help protect against uh, COVID-19. Uh, the community that I'm in, many of the people on the front lines uh, in terms of uh, working in hospitals, working in restaurants, working in grocery stores, uh, transportation, bus drivers, train drivers, uh, and, uh, and so they're, they're at high exposure uh, for the virus, and that's what led, has led to some of the disparities as well. You're about to say something? Go ahead. 
Yeah, I was going to interrupt you because you mentioned that uh, there's a difference in response from the younger people than the older people, which, you know, there's probably a lot of reasons for that, as you say. I mean, older people feel at risk and more at risk than younger people do. And they, you know, there's a certain mortality saying younger people don't think that they're going to die from this or get really sick. But I like to talk about the messaging. I mean, yes, I'm watching the mess. You know, I'm, I go back and forth between New York City and Albany. And do you think the messaging is really getting out there that it's really dramatic enough that it's really, to me, it seems that it's not. I mean, you do, you have the doctors, you have the professionals up there saying, you know, you have to get vaccinated. But are they really on these PSAs addressing the issues that you mentioned before? That, that well, I mean, you mentioned yeah, like five look- or six, yeah. There's a tremendous health disparity in the New York City and American landscape. Uh, for example, if you look at the uh, number of physicians, black physicians, there are very, very few. And so in many black communities, there are very few healthcare facilities and very few black physicians compared to white communities. So a lot of the information is getting to patients from their doctors, from healthcare providers, from nurses, and things of that nature. Um, for example, I'm an ophthalmologist as an eye surgeon, okay? There are 40 million African-Americans in the United States. There are only 400 black ophthalmologists in the United States. So those numbers are pretty staggering in terms of just access to care for specialty eye care, but this applies to all the different specialties that exist within medicine as well. So that's where a big gap is. More has to be done in terms of education, um, through uh, black-owned media resources like Roland Martin type of shows, uh, black news shows. A lot of blacks engage with those types of programs for their news. Uh, Joe Madison uh, on the radio as well. So uh, more government spending has to be done in those areas to try to reach uh, people with trusted voices as well. Uh, definitely diversifying the workforce in medicine. There has to be a to increase the trust in the system of medicine because a lot of people do have a lack of trust in medicine because of the historical Tuskegee experiments and things of that nature that's still within, you know, my generation. Uh, so there's a lot of myths. So we have to do a lot of rebuilding. And we need both the private sector and the public sector involved with that. And so towards that end, in addition to uh, multiple avenues of education and continued education and uh, uh, we also need incentives, incentives work, uh, you know, whether it's gift cards, uh, whatever type of products or services a company could do on the, from the private side or government side uh, to provide incentives. Those work as well. And then despite the incentives, there's always going to be a few holdouts that just don't want it no matter what. And then that's where the mandate's going to have to come in, because when you mandate it and there's consequences, then people will be able to get it. And we're seeing that now with the New York City mandate, where people don't want to lose their job or they don't want to have uh, any penalization of their work or hours. And so they're, they're falling in line to get the vaccination. And they're realizing that, oh, look, it's not that big of a deal. They're getting the vaccination, and now they're protecting themselves and protecting their family members and other people around them. So, in other words, we have to, I think uh, what you're saying is we have to kind of attack this from all angles. I mean, you mentioned like several, right? There has to be ongoing. You have to respect the people that are giving you the information. You need more black doctors, nurses, you know, educators, all that. That has to be continuous for always. (laughs) But uh, and then in the immediate 
and there is an immediate, we have to mandate it so that everybody, as you say, everybody will get vaccinated because people don't want to lose their jobs, for instance. It's important. But, you know, before I, I had just read a book on the history of vaccinations and um, what's happening now isn't so, it's kind of unfortunately typical of our history. Like I was, Dr. Edward Jenner, I don't, you know, who discovered uh, the, the, the cure for smallpox in the, in the 1700s. And they had vaccinations in the 1800s, but nobody wanted to be vaccinated. And I don't know, it was 150 years or longer before we actually eradicated smallpox. Um, is this sort of the, I mean, that's part of our mentality as human beings. We're reluctant, um, you know, as we've described. I mean, I, it, it sort of reminded me of what we're talking about right now. I mean, we, we've always had a problem with people accepting the fact that they need to be vaccinated and accepting new science. This isn't really new science. Well, a couple of things I want to raise. Uh, during the smallpox uh, uh, epidemic, uh, there was actually an African named Onesimus that introduced the concept of vaccination and with a crude way of using the deactivated DNA of the virus from a smallpox pustule and using that to pass and transmit uh, that to a, a normal person via cut in the skin. And he described that this is how people dealt with these types of conditions in his country in Africa. And that was a very crude way of doing vaccination. Uh, we have much better and safer techniques today. We take vaccines all the time. We're taking a, the uh, rubella vaccine, the mumps vaccine. Uh, when when all, all um, the Americans here, all Americans here have taken these vaccines when they were immunized as kids, but nothing was raised about that, and they don't realize that it was safe and efficacious, and they're okay. Uh, same with the polio, and we've basically eradicated polio. Uh, unfortunately, in the media right now, once again, uh, because of the history of the Tuskegee experiments, there is some distrust of the black community because of that, and that has to be overcome. But even in the Caucasian community with uh, the right wing Republicans, uh, there are many anti-vaxxers as well spreading bad information about that. And that's a different agenda uh, because uh, from what I've seen on the Republican side uh, is that they want to have uh, be against mandates. They don't want any mandates. You know, no matter what the mandate is, whether it's vaccination, whether it's anything, any mandate, they don't want it and they will fight any mandate. And that's unfortunately uh, is, a, is in their has a foundation in terms of a freedom to discriminate. Uh, you know, during the civil rights movement, people were fighting with, for freedom and their civil rights, you know, to get the civil rights and to get equality and to get freedom. But unfortunately, uh, the language I'm seeing from the right-wing Republicans is they want freedom to discriminate, freedom to uh, live separate from blacks, freedom to do whatever they want to do, and they don't want any mandate. And it, unfortunately, this... this this agenda is convoluting the whole anti-vaccine uh, propaganda that's going on because of this new mandate with vaccination. And that's very unfortunate because uh, in red states, uh, many people are dying. Uh, up to about 1,000 people a day are dying, uh, and uh, many of them are unvaccinated. And so this is unfortunately a message of death that's taking place, and that's convoluting what people are hearing. Uh, and also affecting the African-American community because there's already a baseline distrust as well. 
Yeah, and I think this uh, the hypoc. I mean, it's probably kind of a, a weak word, but the hypocrisy of uh, the, the white right wing that you're talking about. They're all vaccinated. I mean, you know, it's it's and then they're telling people that they shouldn't be. They're not saying don't be vaccinated, but as you say, they they don't want it mandated. But we're mandated for uh, all kinds of things. You know, I mean, I, this is maybe this is kind of like a message we have to. We have governments have rules and regulations, right, and laws, and we all have to have the same mandates. Uh, you can't drive 100 miles an hour in a 20 mile an hour school zone. That's a mandate, isn't it? I mean, that's Correct. a law. You can't do it. <laughs> Correct. I mean, the thing is, we have to respect the science. Uh, we have to respect the evidence uh, to, you know, to have a safer and better society. I mean, New York City is uh, you know, one of the major cities of the world. Uh, we have thousands of people that pass through here day in and day out. And people have to be protected from uh, the COVID virus, uh, Delta virus. Now we have the new Omicron variant, and there may be other variants that come out. So uh, the administration now is being proactive to protect New Yorkers and protect other people uh, well, until we get out of this pandemic. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I, I don't know if I mentioned this in the first show or I'm mentioning this now, but I go back and forth between New York City and Albany and upstate New York. And I notice this in New York City, people take the vaccines much more seriously, like mandating going into restaurants or uh, public transportation and those kinds of things. I think as you get further north upstate and more conservative, maybe not Albany, but even further north, there's this idea that uh, we can't get, and, and that's mostly white, Caucasian, that we can't get, you know, we can't get the virus. And if we do, we'll be fine because we can fight it off. And there's kind of a, there's a, this is another piece to it. There's a, a kind of a macho, you know, especially you mentioned younger people, um, just younger people, black and white and Hispanic tend not, they're the ones who resist getting the virus. You really see that in, uh, in uh, upstate New York and the numbers are rising. I mean, in terms of people who are infected daily. It, yeah, there are multiple avenues of bad information on both sides. Uh, yeah. Specifically like on right-wing talk radio and talk uh, TV. I mean, I saw some congressmen saying, you know, we should get vaccinated with getting infected with the COVID virus. That's, he actually said that. I mean, I mean, that's not science. It's just like yeah. foolishness. Uh, Dr. Fauci has spoken out against that. Um, you know, people who are speaking like that, they shouldn't even have a platform or a microphone. But that's bad information. Yeah. Unfortunately, some people are following that, and, and they're going to suffer, unfortunately, because, uh, once again, most people that get infected with COVID uh, will survive. But those people that are higher risk, you know, there's a high, a high death rate that can occur. And also you can get long COVID symptoms where you can come, become very debilitated with some breathing, requiring oxygen for several months thereafter, uh, being hospitalized for a long period of time. And all this can be prevented for the most part with a vaccination so we have to continue to educate continue to educate i mean you're either going to get infected with the COVID or get the vaccine one or the other it's like which one do you want and like i said you're always going to have a small minority that doesn't want the vaccine and you'll never get to 100 percent. but we have to keep pushing the envelope for those that we can with incentives and uh mandates uh amongst uh, and the same thing with uh, the african-american community you know, we have to get more information out there, reassure people that this is safe and to protect them as well and to protect their family members. Um, and unfortunately, we have some um, agents 
within the black community that are very anti-vax and spreading bad information as well. And, you know, we have to counter that information. I'm like, okay, well, I'll ask some of my patients. When I said, who told you this information that this vaccine is dangerous? And I say, they'll give me the name of a certain person. I said, what, what medical school did this person go to? Where did he learn this from? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So I sort of, you know, will ask questions and pursue the questioning down the line and then explain to them why that person is wrong or debunk what the situation is. And we have to continue with this. So it's a multiple uh, efforts with patient education, incentives, mandate, things of that nature uh, to try to address this. Well, you're in the throes of it. You're at some of the, you know, you have a private practice. You're at the best hospitals in the world. Uh, what kind of an impact, let's say, when you talk to your patients and you, I mean, I assume obviously there's follow-up. Do What's the impact of your speak, you know, as your talk with your patients in terms of assuming that they trust you, um, that they you change their minds and they do get vaccinated and have their families and their children and their grandparents vaccinated? Do you have any... Actual statistics. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. The overwhelming majority of my patients have become vaccinated. Um, however, uh, within those patients, sometimes when I ask them about other family members, uh, they'll say, "Oh, yes, you know, my sister, my brother is, but my nephew's not vaccinated." And so, I'll encourage them to try to um, get them vaccinated. Tell them Dr. LaRoche said it's important to get vaccinated as well. Uh, to protect themselves. I tell them I've been vaccinated twice and got my booster, and I said, look, don't I look good? They say, I'm ready to fight off COVID. <laughs> and so um, I try I've to... I've been vaccinated to three times. I've had two shots plus a booster, so... Yeah, um, we're very fortunate to be in America. I mean, many, yeah. people, yes. many, many people around the world have not even had one shot yet. So um, we're yeah. very, very fortunate in, in America to have access to these things uh, to help strengthen our immune systems and, and prevent against this virus. But You know, Doctor, uh, I want to interrupt you because I think that's like yes. a key point. I think most, many Americans, all of us, uh, white, black, uh, Hispanic, whatever, don't have a sense of history in terms of vaccinated and, and, and non-vaccinated as Americans. And the other thing that I think, and you, this is what you just brought up, they don't have a sense of what's going on in the rest of the world, how privileged we are to be able to be vaccinated. When you And I've visited uh, countries all over the world, developing countries where you can't get vaccinated, where even if there is a vaccine, you know, even if there is a vaccine, you can't get to the vaccine. You can't get the shot in the arm. Like, I don't know. We don't really, that isn't part of the message, is it? I mean, maybe it is when you talk to your patients, but I think we have to expand our messaging so people have an understanding of how, you know, the, uh, the privileges that we do have, let's take advantage of them. I agree with that. And another message, I'll give you an example. Right now in America, we're having about 1,000 deaths a day as we speak from COVID-19. Now, there is a country, Iceland, that hasn't had any deaths from COVID since like May. Uh, nearly 100% of their adult population is vaccinated. And when you ask someone from Iceland, you know, why did you get vaccinated? They, they'll tell you, it's my civic duty. Okay? So everybody just fell in line, realized the importance of vaccine, got vaccinated, and they're protected, and there's no death. There's no reason why that can't be repeated here in America, okay? But unfortunately, we have a lot of bad information on multiple forms of media with anti-vaxxers, on television, right-wing radio shows, uh, on social media, 
and all kinds of things. It's putting a lot of bad information out there. And that's why, unfortunately, you could, because of the lack of civic duty, you know, the, the mandates and incentives are going to be more important from both the uh, public and private sector. Yeah, civic duty and responsibility, I think, just sort of um, taking that point that it, it's our civic duty. It's our duty to our families, to our children, to our grandparents, you know, start with the family and then the community and then the 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 country. Yeah, our civic duty. We have a responsibility. Um, I think part of this also, part of the problem we think of ourselves as this, or I don't know if the right wing is promoting this kind of individualistic, we, I don't know, you know, that uh, we're individuals and we can do whatever we want. No, we can't. We shouldn't. Um, I think that that message needs to get out, our civic responsibility. And um, Yeah. And on a more personal note, um, you know, yeah. when someone gets COVID and is hospitalized, you know, you, you take them to the hospital, you can't visit that person, Okay. And there's no guarantee that that person's going to be able to come out. And that could be the last time you've seen that person. And, then, uh, and so that's, that's, that's a very traumatic type of situation. Many people have lost their family members that way and not been able to see them or visit them or say goodbye to them. And it's quite sudden. It could be quite rapid. And this has happened to you know, hundreds of thousands of Americans. And so, you know, if, if you can prevent something like that from happening to protect the loved one, the parent, the aunt, uh, friend, uh, you know, maybe you are very strong and healthy and maybe COVID is not going to do anything to you. But let's say you're an asymptomatic carrier and you transmit it to a friend of yours or a relative, maybe who's not as strong as you. And they get it and they get hospitalized because of you and, and die because of you. So you've got to think it in yeah. a more personal way like that because I, I've seen many families ca- completely devastated, including my own. I lost my aunt. I was in a nursing home from COVID. Mm. And when my dad was sick, um, I could not visit him because of COVID. I was only able to visit him for like a brief 20 or 30 minutes while he was in the hospital for like a week just because I was a doctor there, you know. And, um, and then he passed away and I could hardly spend any time with him. Uh, so that was very devastating emotionally to me. So these are things that can happen to you. And if you can prevent that with the vaccine, why not get the vaccine? Exactly. And, and that's a good note to end on. Give us, uh, can you give us quickly, 30 seconds, like a couple websites to go to for, to get more information about what we've been talking about? Yes. Well, New York City Department of Health has a lot of information on vaccination. My personal website for eye care and glaucoma is www.advanceeyecareofnewyork.com. And I also wrote a book for young men, uh, How to Be a Successful Black Man, howtobeasuccessfulblackman.com as well. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Dr. Daniel LaRoche. Great to have you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. (laughs) 